Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Last year, we launched our course, The Data-Driven Classroom, and had hundreds of educators and clinicians take this course with consistently amazing feedback. I heard from so many teachers how this course really changed the way they approach data, how they were able to set up simple data systems, train their paras, and be collecting data to make data-based decisions within days of finishing the course. That feedback made me so happy. Now that course has been closed and unavailable since last year, but guess what? We are reopening the course, the data-based classroom, and I want you to be one of the first ones in. If data is something you have been struggling with for years, let's work on this together. Let me give you all of the tools to make this something that can consistently happen in your classroom. And guess what? Since you are a podcast listener, and I absolutely love my podcast listeners, I have an awesome code for you. When you use the code DATA100, you're going to get $100 off of the course bundle. Now, this code is only going to be usable until March 20th. So you only have one week to use this code, but Data 100 will get you $100 off of that course bundle. So that means for less than $200, you are getting the amazing data toolkit with literally hundreds of data sheets, all editable. And don't worry, I teach you how to edit it. And that entire data-driven course that touches on academic data, behavior data, staff training, and so much more. There's a link in the show notes with all of the information. Let's make this year the year that data really works. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. All right, I have a great interview for you guys today. So today I am chatting with Dominique Shorter-Taylor. She is a business owner and BCBA, and I just love her voice on social media. I mean, I love her voice outside of social media, but I love the content she shares. We're going to talk a lot about that in our chat today. Dominique talks about really the different roles she plays, whether it's an entrepreneur, a parent, a BCBA, and how she has utilized all of those roles to create content that people are really connecting with and talking about things in the field of ABA that a lot of people aren't talking about. Like, how much money do you make as a BCBA? We talk a lot about the different avenues and the different roles that she has, whether it's working with schools, doing PDs. She does a lot of supervision, which we also talk about if you're an upcoming BCBA or new BCBA, you definitely have to listen to that part. 
Um, funny story, Dominique was actually one of my students when I was a graduate school professor in, I believe, my ethics course. I have to double check that with her. I believe she was in my ethics course. So it's kind of fun to come full circle. And Dominique has just done so so many amazing things for our field and continues to disseminate this, this science in such a great way. So I'm excited for you to learn from her. And then you need to definitely go check out her social media pages, her YouTube and her Instagram. Hi, Dominique. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Sasha. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here because I have to say I'm kind of a fangirl of your YouTube channel. And I really, (laughs) I love that your videos are kind of short and sweet because as we were just chatting about podcasts, you know, we like things that are consumable. And I love the content that you're sharing. So for those that haven't checked out your YouTube channel yet, can you share a little bit about what you share there and kind of what motivated you to start that? Um, Yes. Well, thank you for watching my YouTube channel. Um, That is very helpful. And it actually reinforces my behavior to keep (laughs) the thing because it's not easy being that vulnerable and transparent. Um, So what I do share, it's called Dom, the BCBA mom. And I share really practical and lively, vivacious videos on what it's like to be a BCBA, specifically um, my specific intersectionalities of a BCBA, a Black woman, an entrepreneur, an autism mom, um, and just how I am navigating in this field. Um, So I didn't know that I had all of these secrets that I wasn't supposed to be sharing. I didn't know that there wasn't another channel out there not talking about how much you make as a BCBA or how to pass your BCBA exam or um, the different streams of income that you can have as a BCBA. Those are some of my more popular videos. And then not only that, I didn't realize that I was kind of getting people who weren't interested in the field, interested in the field because of representation. So a lot of my comments consist of, oh my gosh, I just, you know, you happen to pop up on my timeline or when I typed in BCBA on Google, you popped up and now I'm going to join the program or now I want to finish my master's program. And I'm just like, me? (laughs) Like, I'm just, I'm just being candid and transparent and um, just showing all the tricks of the trade um, through my personal lens and my personal experience. Um, But honestly, that's not how the channel started. The channel started, um, as I mentioned, I am an autism mom. And even though I was in the field, I, I didn't feel like I was doing a great job at being an autism advocate and an autism mom um, because my son is one of the individuals that um, got diagnosed later in life. He was about nine when he got diagnosed. And I know all the BCBAs are like clutching their pearls. Like, (laughs) what do you mean? Early intervention is key. And, you know, and I I know that now, but um, it was really taboo in my community to accept diagnoses like that and talk about things like that and, you know, to move forward with labels like that. So although I had to learn to, you know, um, I had to learn acceptance and I had to learn how to move forward in the family dynamic that I had, I saw history repeating itself in other people that were around me. So although we are moving at a pace where, you know, things are great now, Um, I still have people around me and my community friends 
that may reach out and say, you know, I'm seeing early signs of autism in my son, but I don't want to move forward. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get a neurologist or a diagnosis. And so that's what I said, okay, Dominique, um, <laughs> if the same issues are still occurring, you're not doing your job of dissemination. So I started the YouTube channel to normalize for young black mothers that it is okay to seek service, to get therapy, to get ADA, to do all the things that you need to do for your kiddo in order to get them on the right track. Um, so that's how it started. And then eventually I posted a video about how I passed my BCBA exam on the first try. And that one just went viral. And I'm like, oh, wow. So, <laughs> okay. So I, I guess I have really uh, two, two, two different um, audiences here. And I tried to, you know, um, mix the two, keep the two separate as much as I possibly can. But I just bring who I am to the screen, to vlogging, to, you know, just recording videos, um, just trying to be as, as honest as I can about what we're going on in this house. Um, so hopefully someone else who's going through the same thing, not feeling accepted as a mom of a child with autism or not feeling accepted as a student that doesn't fit the mold of other, you know, students in the class. This is how you can still navigate through these systems, just being yourself. Yes. Oh my gosh. I got like goosebumps when you were saying this. I love that you've <laughs> kind of identified these, I mean, I want to say unique, but not really unique. Cause as you're saying, there's so many other people in your situation, but these overlaps of your labels, right. As, as a parent, as an autism mom, as a black woman, as a BCBA and how being multiple of these things at once can really connect with people in those similar situations. Like how, how do I, you know, navigate being a BCBA and having this background and getting my old child with a diagnosis? How do I navigate being a black woman, becoming a BCBA, being a BCBA, being a business owner? So I think it's really smart how you've kind of, you know, honed in on those, those labels as connecting with other people that are in the same situation as you and probably people that are not in the same, same situation or you, but are like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing those similarities in myself. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't see them in yourself, you may see them in the people that you service. So going into a, a client's home that don't necessarily share the same cultural, um, just cultural awareness as you or just cultural background, but um, having had contact with another family or with my YouTube channel or with something that you saw on my Instagram channel so that you can have a little more compassion for what they're going through. Um, so I can't speak for everyone. I can't speak for every culture or subculture. I could just speak for myself and hopefully that can resonate with you when it is time to be compassionate and understanding when disseminating this science and being a BCBA. Yes. Yes. And I love I love the kind of dissemination you share. I mean, I think you and I speak about ABA in a similar way on being practical and yeah. user, you know, can be user-friendly, doesn't have to be this like scary thing that, you know, only certain people can do. But I also like that you talk a lot about, and as you had mentioned earlier, the dissemination of the business side of mm -hmm. being a BCBA. Have Like how much does a BCBA make? Multiple streams of income, things like that. And those are things, I'm going to be so honest with you, when I was in school, I thought those things too. I'm like, I, you know, I, I got a lot of debt I'm getting here. Like no one's really talking about how much money I'm going to make after this. Like I'm not doing this for my health. And yeah. at the end of the day, that matters too. Yes. Yeah.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What kind of promoted, like prompted you to talk more about the business side of being a BCBA? Well, you know, Sasha, I don't know how many of um, your listeners know this, but Sasha was my college professor in graduate (laughs) school. And I said this on one of my videos, whenever I was in graduate school and I was just getting introduced to the field, I noticed a lot of my professors had multiple jobs. And I think at the time you were a college professor and I think maybe you had just started your podcast. Yeah, I was, I might've even still been in the classroom. I don't know. (laughs) Right. You were, I know you were doing something else. Yeah. From the fact that you were just like a fashionista. (laughs) And so it just kind of, it, it, it let me know that not to say being a BCBA is not enough, But for me, I'm multifaceted. So I have other things that I'm interested in and it allowed for the flexibility to apply this science to different settings because that's what we're supposed to do anyway. So um, I started a business. So I've I've always worked with adults. I started working with adults. Um, A lot of people um, think you're like, no, kiddos are it, clinical settings. I'm like, no, I really. So that was an environment that allowed me to see that this field can already be flexible. Um, And so then I started a business and in the first two years of the business, we didn't make any money. And that's another thing that people don't talk about. So you're getting credentialed with insurance, but that may take a long time to get reimbursed and you are working these long hours. I'm away from my babies at the time. So I wasn't making any money. So Um, In order to supplement my income, I had to find other ways to use my BCBA certification and find other jobs. So I was a substitute for a while. I was a um, special ed lead at a private school. I consulted with other agencies. I had my YouTube channel. I volunteered at my church. I was just doing all the things to supplement my income. And I said, well, let me just put this in a YouTube channel just in case (laughs) I want to be there in my um, similar situation, or they want to um, just further their experience or broaden their experience um, with the population that we serve. Because one of the things that I thought was so important when I diversified my career path, um, I wasn't only dealing with one demographic and one population. So I had adults on one side of the fence. I had school contracts that were coming in. Um, I had public speaking. I did parent training. So I was able to come in contact with a lot of different cultural backgrounds and a lot of different um, individuals. So I just kept all of that in my back pocket. And I think it makes me a more well-rounded BCBA when I do um, just go into different settings and I want to disseminate the science. Yeah. So it was kind of by default, but it all worked out (laughs) Yeah. because, you know, sometimes you just have to. Um, take that leap of faith and go into different settings and see what you like and what maybe is not aligned with your values. Um, A lot of times in the school setting, they don't talk about all of the possible 
ways that we can apply this science to all the different environments. They just, you know, kind of stick with the more contrived situations. And I like how you say, um, you know, I like how your background was in the school and you said on a more recent podcast um, where it's like when you're in the school, it's, it's, it's kind of all over the place. So you kind of got to get in where you fit in. You can't have these, you know, procedures done precisely like you would see in the Cooper book. You have to be willing and able to um, adapt and accommodate to what the teachers need in the moment, what administrators need in the moment, what the child or what the parent needs in the moment. So these are all the skills that I gained while working multiple jobs as a BCBA. So now I'm starting to like get rid of a lot of those jobs because, you know, because <laughs> you're tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I really am. <laughs> and there was just for a reason for a season, but I did have to identify that I do love working in schools because um, I am a mom. So that, that means I get to pick my kids up from school if mm-hmm. I'm done at a certain time. Um, and I love teaching. Um, that's something I didn't realize at first. I love teaching because I get to catch them early before they're tainted by this world (laughs) and really, you know, hone in on what, what are your values and are they aligned with your goals for your career path? And um, I provide supervision. I'm an approved supervisor um, at a university. And then I also do it with my business, Shorter Taylor Behavior Consulting. And that's something that I really love because supervision is a very, um, hard things to come by, but it's also mandatory and required in this field. So it's like, why not provide everything that I've learned in a one-on-one setting or community-based setting so that you are pretty much getting everything that you need before you go out into this world and have to do it all by yourself? Because no one is out here holding BCBA hands and pay, you know, just yeah. guiding them from contract to contract. So I try to. Um, just produce this robust experience of what are your values before you go out and everyone shapes them for you. What are your values? Okay, let's go along that path and then, you know, create goals that are aligned with that. Yes. And I think we, as a field, we so need that because as there is, you know, this, this pivot that we're all feeling, I think in a good way, as our field is changing, we need supervisors and people that are shaping that next generation of clinicians to kind of, I don't know, fix some of the things that we haven't been doing so well for a lot of years. And yeah. that's, that's so important. And I have, I have like three follow-up questions on what you just said. I okay. Writing down. <laughs> um, I like that you came from the background of working with adults because I think like you're dead on that. Like it makes you more flexible when you're not from this, like, clinic, ABA, like in-home, autism, early intervention, just this one type of application of ABA. And that was something like, honestly, I struggled with when I was becoming a BCBA and when I was in grad school is because everyone was in-home or a clinic, autism, this is it. And I was like, not, I'm like, I work for Chicago public schools. Like I'm lucky if I get like toilet paper sometimes, like this is not the same, but like it can work there. And I've always felt like this, like, other type of BCBA. Like when I like would first go to big ABA conferences, I was like, I'm like this other type. And it's, and it's exciting to like kind of realize, uh, you know, recently in the last few years that like those other types of BCBAs should be all the types of BCBAs. Like we don't have to work Mm -hmm. in this one 
rigid area. And I think when you start out in the field in a different setting, it makes you like aware of those possibilities right away. Yes, I agree. Uh, I want to talk about you starting your own business because I think a you're so like so true. People do not tell you that like, hey, when you start a business, you don't make money for a while, and you're like, oh, but how do I eat food? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> so, did you feel coming out of grad school and becoming a BCBA, starting you know your own business, being an entrepreneur, did you feel prepared for that and like the weight of what all that means? Absolutely not. I I don't even think I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I just wanted to do well in my field and, you know, um, I just saw a need for services in the area that I grew up in. Um, so just, I, I started off just giving free training, um, just to local not-for-profit, um, places here in the Chicagoland area, the Oak Park area, the Proviso Township area. Um, and then I realized, like, hmm, I wonder if people would take me seriously, more seriously if I had an LLC attached to my name. So it, it just kind of happened. Um, I started off with a business partner and we were like literally bootstrapping it. We just, you know, little by little, we, we got credentialed and we just figured it all out. Um, but you soon will learn that you have to be everything. So you are you are the recruiter, you are the intake provider, you are the RBT, you are the BCBA, you are, you are everything and you can get burnt out very, very quickly. And I actually started to feel inadequate in being an entrepreneur and being a BCBA. I felt like I couldn't do the same thing at the same time. I said, well, maybe I'm just meant to be a service provider and a therapist and not necessarily do the admin work. And um, I had to be okay with that. It took a while, but I had to realize I can't be all things to all people. And I actually um, created a video about this, about, you know, how to start a ABA company and why I started too. The reason I started too is because I failed in my first business and I just had to give it away in order to keep my peace and my sanity. And from that, I was able to keep my school contract and I realized okay, I really like working with schools because I'm not just working with one family in one home. I'm working with 25 families because I am now working with this teacher and I get to do professional development and I get to introduce a whole school to a science that they may not know about. So that's where my values kind of pivoted and, and, and changed. Um, but I had to be okay with that and not just totally give up, just more of a pivot. So I was not uh, prepared for any of this. I was not prepared for the fall <laughs> or what the business is right now, which is a lot of things going on, but these are all things that I truly value in the way that I provide the service. Yeah. It's kind of, it is interesting how things work out like that, right? Those like accidental business owners. I feel like that myself. But, and then it's nice when you figure out, you know, what you want to do because of it, that like, Hey, I love teaching and I love supervision and I, and I like working with schools. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe newer BCBAs or teachers that are becoming BCBAs that are listening to this. And a question that I was thinking about as you were talking is 
when you talk about opportunities that you found, what advice do you have on, on how to find these opportunities, how to find school contracts or consults or things like that, or other ways to make income or provide support as a BCBA or upcoming BCBA? Okay, that's a really good question. Um, I would say the opportunities came once I, I guess my first speaking engagement was I spoke at my son's school for career day. Um, and I had to explain to a group of second graders what ABA is. So I had to get really <laughs> creative and, you know, it was, it was a really fun time. And I said, well, I should do this more. And I started doing more of those free speaking engagements and realized after about a year of that and hanging around afterwards, answering questions, making myself available for follow-up questions via email, um, it really became word of mouth. So if you, um, if you exert yourself as the expert in that area, then eventually when that problem comes up, someone will call you, they'll mention your name. Um, I was just doing a, um, preparing for a training that's coming up this weekend, and I'm referencing a lot of the 25 essential skills and strategies of a behavior analyst. And um, it's all about those interpersonal skills. So I don't go out here and fake the funk and fake like I care. I actually care. <laughs> um, and that, you know, people like me, they, they, they trust me. And because I'm around, they know me. Um, I, I also put myself out there on YouTube and being transparent in that. So that also backed up my validity of, okay, she knows what she's talking about. So when it comes, the opportunity comes, I'm the first person that they're going to think about. So you just have to be ready for that call when it happens. Um, so a lot of that will happen. Just a, a social worker may have a problem in the school and then they recommend you or a principal or a special ed director or a parent. A lot of parents will say, my, my son or daughter is having issues at school. Can I give the school your number? And that's how a lot of my contracts um, really happened. And um, also in like Chicago, you would have to get on the CPS, Chicago Public School vendor list. So there is a little bit of you working it and kind of going out there and doing all of the work, um, but just be ready for when it happens. Because when people really find out what this science is about and what it does, um, they are going to be knocking down your door, but um, you can't, like you said, you can't be rigid when it happens because people are going to come from all different walks of life with different, you know, history of reinforcement. So you have to be able to meet them where they are. And if it's out of your scope, then, you know, refer out mm -hmm. or, you know, <laughs> gain more competency in that, in that skill set. Um, but that's, that has worked for me so far. Um, a lot of word of mouth and just, I like to teach. So I do it freely. I do it openly whenever I have the time. Um, and it's, it's been working for me. That's great advice. You know, on, on even just the simple thing of like starting for free, like, Hey, you want me to come talk to your teachers for 20 minutes at the preschool? Great. You want me to show mm -hmm. up at daycare and chat with the daycare workers? Awesome. But I think it's also great advice to be flexible. Like, oh no, I can only teach about reinforcement if I'm given three hours. And it's like, well, okay, you might get five minutes in like a passing period, but like grab onto those opportunities, you know, so like, true. and, yeah. and I think, yeah, meeting them where they're at is, is going to be key. And then obviously you have to know what you're talking about and all that great stuff, but it's, it's getting in the door that sometimes is like the tricky part. Um, so that's great advice. 
I want to chat about supervision for a minute because I know you do uh, quite a bit of supervision now. What are the biggest challenges facing um, upcoming BCBAs and students right now when it comes to getting quality supervision? Hmm. I think, well, okay. So I've, I've heard a lot of different stories and I think I was oblivious to what the public is experiencing because my supervision experience wasn't that bad. I, I would say I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of the, the ones who kind of didn't have to go through not finding a supervisor. I, I had one readily available because of how I came into the field. Um, so I was already in the field. I was a case manager for a while. So my work kind of spoke for itself. So when I did transition over into the ABA department, the supervisor in the department was thrilled to work with me. So I got my hours that way. But that is not a lot of people's stories. <laughs> yes. And what I'm realizing is um, there are some companies out here that will keep you stagnant in a place of an RBT um, and not, and they are not willing to give you unrestricted hours or sign off on the hours that are required to pursue your BCBA certification. Now, I'm not sure why they're doing this, but it probably boils down to money um, and time. So not having the time to create this curriculum uh, these are the unrestricted um, items that I want you to work on or not having the time to review those items and give you feedback. But if you're working their caseload and they have, you know, five to 10 kiddos on your caseload and you're doing these direct hours, they can build that with insurance. So I don't, I, I think they may not see it as an advantage for them to give you what else, whatever it is that you need to be a BCBA. And it's almost easier to keep you in a place of an RBT because they're easily and readily making money. Yeah, it's like the contingencies um, are like conflicting for both groups. It is. So I think that um, more BCBAs should open up their schedule to, you know, take that eight hour course and to provide unrestricted supervision because, um, I know I've always said this philosophy, it's my job to lose my job. I want to retire early one day. I want to, you know, stay home with my, my kids and I want to teach. And in order for that to happen, there needs to be always new, fresh BCBAs coming in. And the only way that can happen is if I can share my skill set and help them to become a BCBA. So it wasn't until two years ago where I felt confident enough to say, okay, I'm going to provide supervision, but um, it, it, it is work. I, I will put that out there that it is a lot of work to be an approved supervisor and to have someone under your credentials. Um, but it's worth it as well. Yes. And maybe um, even coming together and having a, you know, just more resources for the BCBAs where there is curriculum out there that you can just pull from and you can help teach someone on how to write a great behavior plan. I would love to have a team writing behavior plans for me. <laughs> and I would, you know, it kind of lightens your load. So if you see it as you do the work initially, this is what we tell the parents, right? I know this is a lot, you know, to implement this treatment plan, but if you do the work initially, it will make your life or your job a lot easier. So seeing as it, seeing it as an investment initially to help 
you know, broaden the field, diversify the field, and eventually, you know, lighten your load so you can do other things that you value because, you know, our values change from day to day. So um, the more there are approved supervisors that are out there and that are just saying, hey, I am willing to provide you with supervisor. You don't even have to hunt them down. Like I am looking for you. Um, that I think that will make the process a lot easier because um, and then it'll make more of a quality supervision experience because it's not done out of like, oh, I'm being forced to yeah. provide supervision. It's more of a mentorship and a supervision experience. Yes. And I think, you know, your point is so right of like the more that are available, the better and the more that are available that are in more unique roles, like someone that is a business owner working with schools. It's not like we're in in it. Not that clinic or in-home is bad. I don't mean to like put paint that light at all, but like it's there's enough of that available that like what about young upcoming, you know, behavior analysts that are like, hey, where else could I work? Because this doesn't feel like my jam that you want to find a mentor that's in a similar situation. Well, yeah. everyone, you're going to have all these requests now for new new supervisees, <laughs> Dominique. Well, thank you so much. So where can people go? I'm going to share all your links in the show notes, but can you share a little bit about where people can go to learn more from you? Yes. Um, you can go to my YouTube channel, Dom, the BCBA mom, um, or you can go to my, not or, and you can <laughs> find me on Instagram, um, Dom underscore the BCBA mom. And that's where I am. Both of those platforms are more active and I have like long videos, short videos, funny videos. Like you really get a chance to know me and you'll, you'll, you'll be like, what is wrong with this girl? Like, <laughs> go sit down somewhere, write a treatment plan. <laughs> but that's where I can just, you know, have my self care. I love blogging and things like that. Um, you can also visit my website, um, www.stbc-llc.com, um, and that's for my private practice, Shorter Taylor Behavior Consulting. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Dominique. This has been so fun. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper Podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. 
Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum, everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.